Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am your host, Matt McLaughlin, joined alongside by Timmy Gorman, and we are probably drowning in our sorrows from the Super Bowl. And we're gonna we're gonna try and keep this podcast positive. We're really gonna try and bring the vibes up. Um, so we're gonna be talking Eagles. Uh, the Sixers officially hit the All Star break. They'll be back in action tomorrow night against the Memphis Grizzlies. By the time this comes out, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Um, so we're going to be talking about the Sixers season so far. Phillies reporting to spring training, and Timmy and I were talking about before we started recording how excited we are that this team isn't just like duct taped together with a pitching rotation. Like they could actually be pretty fucking good, pretty consistently. We'll see. So we'll talk a little bit of spring training, and then we'll also do a way too early uh, March Madness preview and just talk about how crazy college basketball season has been. But we got to start with, unfortunately, our birds. We were very confident. We talked ourselves into it's another Super Bowl title. And unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were in the way. Eagles lost 38 to 35, as our Philly fans will probably try to men in black erase from our memories. Um, and in the process, or in the aftermath, I should say, not in the process, in the aftermath, Jonathan Gannon, Timmy's favorite coordinator, I say that sarcastically, leaves goes to the Arizona Cardinals to take the head coaching job. Offense coordinator Shane Steichen also leaves the Eagles to go to the Indianapolis Colts as uh, the head coach for the Colts there. So with all that being said, Timmy, where do you think the Eagles go from here? I think the bigger, like, obviously, it's not, I don't think it's just me. I think there's a lot of people that are like, thank God Gannon's gone. Like, that was such an abysmal showing. You had two fucking weeks of plan. And you had, like, whatever, like, I, 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 I'm just, he's gone. He's gone, and we don't have to worry about it. He cost us, he cost the Eagles a surefire championship. There's no reason we should have lost that game outside of the fact that he doesn't know how to adjust. And the, the Cardinals going from one shitty coach to another, like, it just proves what an inept organization they are. That's a, the biggest thing the Eagles need to do, obviously, is look at the free agency thing there's a lot of key free agents slay and bradbury reverse free agent uh gardner johnson is hargrave like of those 12 so of the 12 of the 22 starters 12 are hitting free agency james bradbury fletcher cox tj edwards marcus Epps, cj gardner johnson brandon graham javon hargrave jason kelsey miles sanders boston scott isaac samalo and kazir white and not mentioned in that list are pretty key contributors and also Limbaugh Joseph and Donna Kinsu. I mean, Zach Pascal, whatever, and also Gardner Minshew. So just to kind of give people an idea of who's in the market. They, they, they clearly, like, they need to, like, I think of all that, like, one of the two corners they have to bring back. They have to re-sign Hargrove and Johnson. Like, Graham and Fletcher Cox, it's in, like that's another decision. But I think Hargrove is more important at this point than Fletcher Cox. Graham, as much as like you need him, you probably can let him go because of the depth of that we have. But it becomes questionable. The Miles Sanders thing, I think they're going to let him walk, even though I think you can resign him. But everyone's just going to be like, go draft. You have two first-round picks. Like, if anything has been proven over the last decade, it's that you don't waste first-round picks on running backs. You don't. Like, because even if they have one phenomenal year, like Zeke Elliott did, they never pan out. Like, you can still but find. It, 
but is it is it different if the team is in a contending situation like the Eagles are in, and maybe you have that one piece that's cheaper that you can that does take you over the top? Like my first thought that went to my mind was was Bijan Robinson. I think and, they have bigger needs. I think they need a cornerback and a linebacker or cornerback. And it's mm. like, I think they need more needs defensively than they do. You know what I mean? Like, not that I think Gainwell is an answer because he can't be an every down back, in my opinion. But I'm sure there's other people out there in free agency. Get, I love Sanders. I'm probably the biggest Miles Sanders defender. We were telling wants we were, to come we were, back, but I just don't think they're going to use the franchise tag on someone. I just don't – you just don't know who it is yet. Not to mention they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts. It, it is, like, going to have to really shine. Like, for everything he did last year, this year is, like – this is where, like, it's, like, he's really going to have to make his, like, money again. And I trust him. Like, you know, I, I think he works better when he's up against it, but – that's why I think the Super Bowl was so important. Not that, like, because of what Jerry Jones said, where he was just like, oh, the Eagles were built for one year. It's like, no, we weren't. Like, shut the fuck up, Jerry Jones. Like, just because you haven't won a title in over two, three decades, like, go cry. No, <laughs> I just I just think, like, not that, like, go from being the number one seed to out of the playoffs. Like, I still think there's enough talent, but there, there, Howie needs to recognize the spots that he needs to hit, like, the, like, Obviously, Garner Johnson's important. I don't give a fuck about Epps. Let him walk and plug Blankenship in there or sign someone else. Like, and have Blankenship be the third guy, you know? You have to re-sign one of Bradbury and Slave, not both. And I think, like I said, again, Hargrove, unfortunately, takes precedent over Cox because of age. And then you have all those other pieces to fill in. You hopefully, well, Jordan, Jordan, uh, yeah, Jordan, Jordan no. Davis. Davis, thank you. I don't know what I'm thinking. Williams can can take a leap. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Louisiana Tech dude. Uh, Milton Williams. Milton, thank you. I wanted to say Mitchell. Mil- there, that's why I was combining the two. Uh, Milton oh, okay. Williams. Milton Williams can can take the. You know, like they can finally. You have they have sweat. some depth can, on that yeah, on that there's, front there's line. Depth. Yeah. Um. Then you have Nukobe Dean. Hopefully, will take step up like linebacker i think is one of the hardest positions to learn in the nfl like that and tight end i think are two of the most underappreciated positions because as a line as like a really good linebacker you have to learn coverage and blitzing techniques just like as a tight end you have to learn blocking and receiving techniques mm-hmm. and it's it, they're two different facets that both come with very complicated things and I, so i think they could be deemed we find like obviously you're like you said because you're white and Edwards one of them one of both those are up like I don't know I've never been the biggest TJ Edwards guy because you're white I loved the beginning of the season but I think he kind of showed what he really is and there's a reason the Chargers let him go after like three good years of service so but we have shown we don't draft linebackers ever we, ever ever yeah so I don't know it's it it's I trust Howie, but I think what it will show – let me put it this way. How this draft goes down will be predicted by the way Howie approaches free agency over the next six weeks. I still think with those top – those two first-round picks, one of them has to be a D-back because I don't think there's that many great linebackers in this year's 
This this draft more than most years, I feel like has a lot is a ba- major crapshoot in the first round. Like right. it's yeah, you have your Will Anderson, your Bryce Young, and your Will Levis if you really want to take a shot there. Um, but it's uh, when you get to those later round, like even just really f- six through thirty two could be a major like anything goes Wild West type deal, and. I mean, two two cornerbacks that have popped up in I've, some of the research I've been doing is Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, and Timmy, I texted you a couple of days ago that, like, hey, who's this Gonzalez kid? Because I feel like I haven't really heard about him um, at all, and that's because he played at Oregon. I don't pay much attention to Pac-12 football, full disclosure. He played at, Col- um, he played at Colorado first. That's how crazy Colorado – that's how bad Colorado's situation was. They had two first – 12 cornerbacks in their program who left in the same year and went to other schools and became first team like in Gonzalez, the, the, the USC kid, one of the the one USC kid. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, who wasn't yeah. as good. Gonzalez is the better one, but like, yeah, that's how bad Colorado's program had got that they even had the talent and they just couldn't keep it in because Carl Durrell was such a bad coach. So, yeah. like you said, and then obviously the other cornerback in the situation is Joey Porter Jr., who as Eagles fans. Fifty percent of them are huge Penn State fans, but even you, someone who goes to Penn State and is a big Penn State fan, admits like I don't think Porter's as like. And I've been kind of doing the round asking all my friends and like family that are Penn State people, and they're like, he, like, and it's fifty fifty. Half of them are like he's the he's he is he, he's the greatest, and there's other ones that are just like I think his stats have been a little overblown. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He missed this many games, like all the and so it's like. What are you getting? And uh, at this point, it's just like, is it just because his name is Joey Porter? And like he's, or like, is it like actually legit? And then it's just like Gonzalez, the thing with him is just like, yeah, but he played in the Pac-12. Where does that translate? And I don't know. I, I honestly think that the fact that Gonzalez is able to prove himself on a team like Colorado and then on an Oregon team that wasn't necessarily the greatest, they were good. They were in contention, but it's still Pac-12 football, but it, he's getting pit like pointed out to be there. Yeah. I think it's something the, the Eagles should look into because the last time we had a chance to take a Colorado quarterback, they didn't. They fucked up. They took Sidney Jones when I the only one all these people being like, you need to take Shadobia Wuzier. Take him, take him, take him. And then the fucking Cowboys did. And what has Shadobia Wuzier done? He's become an all-pro with the Cowboys and the Bengals. Meanwhile, where the fuck is Sidney Jones Jr. now? And I said it, and I said it's like, no, you got to take Sidney Jones. And nope. Well, guess what? And that's not the only thing I've ever been right on, but still, like people just want to overlook hey, you the Pac-12. Right. You were screaming from the, the clouds about Jonathan Gannon. You were, you were screaming from the clouds about Jonathan Gannon not making adjustments, and I came back to bite the Eagles in the ass in the biggest moment, right? Um, I will say that, like Witherspoon, I've just been doing some research on Witherspoon and. I'm kind of nervous because Pro Football Focus ranks him the number one cornerback in this class. He's listed as six foot one eighty. Gonzalez Ooh. has two two more Gonzalez inches. Is like six and three, twenty pounds. He? He's like he's listed as six two to two oh one, and dep- that could change by the time the combine happens. So who knows? Um, he may get up to two oh five, maybe I don't know. Uh, but with a school like Illinois, I'm like, okay, is this just Big Ten football? Like, they're not necessarily challenging you through the air on these offenses. I mean, 
the teams that the teams that um Wisconsin gave up less than fewer points. I got to pull up these notes real quick. Wyoming, Indiana, Chattanooga, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern. Not, not necessarily USC, Thunder and Lightning level offenses, to say the least. That's that Illinois gave up less points than them? Illinois gave up less than 20 points to these teams. Oh, but they didn't they hold Ohio State and, and like Michigan in check for a little bit, too? Michigan, they kept in check. I don't think that they played Ohio State this season. But they, that Michigan game was close. No, it was definitely close. But my point is, is that is he really getting challenged that often? And when he is getting challenged, challenged, he's doing well. But that's overinflating his numbers a little bit, like right. Penn State fans are saying about Joey Porter Jr. So I, I personally would probably go with Gonzalez just because he's seen probably more pro style offenses in the Pac-12. Yes, yeah, I've seen the Pac-12. Yeah, or air he, raid anything. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's bigger. He's stronger. Um, and I think that he could really be a difference maker, even just to like learn from a guy like Darius Slay to learn how to press up and do all these things. And now you have Jordan Davis is learning from Fletcher Cox. That's great. Nicobe Dean is learning probably from TJ Edwards, I would hope. And then you have another young stud on the defense learning from another proven veteran in Darius Slay. So, right. like, so I think that's what they should do. But with the running back thing, um there are three names in free agency i wanted to toss this out to you i which one intrigues you the most i'm kind of curious to hear about this um it is rashad penny uh kareem hunt and uh jamal williams are all scheduled to hit free agency this year do you i thought they they resigned jamal williams did they maybe it changed by the time i looked this up maybe i'm confusing him with aaron jones you're probably confusing him with Aaron Jones. I didn't see anything, but I probably should have uh, should have checked this uh, before. Kareem no, Hunt's yeah. finally a free agent? Yeah. Oh. See, that's a toss-up then because I like both him and Williams. I think I'd take Kareem Hunt, though. If you can't resign Sanders and you can get Hunt on a cheap. Mm-hmm. He's still got some mileage. He's been used sparingly in the last couple of years. Um, as I've said in the past on this podcast and anywhere, is that Kareem Hunt unfortunately paid for Tyreek Hill since. And I still think it's bullshit the way that he kind of got, you know, blackballed out of this league for a little bit. And, you know, for what he did and the Tyreek Hill was out there still making millions when his thing was like this much worse, whereas – Kareem was like down here, but yeah. So that said, I, I, I would like, I, if we can't resign Sanders, I would love to take a shot at Kareem Hunt. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the Rashad Penny, if you're going with him, mm, he doesn't is, stay healthy. It, he doesn't stay exactly. healthy. Exactly. But like you're taking, you're taking a chance on like, he's a veteran on a really, really probably low deal. And maybe it, it's kind of like a low risk, high reward. That's what. Well, that's where I think you I, can get Kareem. I think you could probably get Kareem Hunt because I still think people are afraid to talk, touch him. And that, no, like, that's true. He, he hasn't been great the last couple of years. Like he had a really good year two years ago on the, the Chiefs, the, the Browns, but I don't think he was phenomenal this past year. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and he's just in a city sh- shitty situation in Cleveland and dealing with. Deshaun Watson stuff and not really necessarily getting right. the carries that he needs. Uh, let's talk Sixers. 
because I really don't want to be depressed about the Eagles anymore. Yeah, uh, know, right. Outside of Mac McClung winning the All Star game, the Sixers have been surprisingly <laughs> positive uh, since we last talked about the Sixers. Feels like it's been a while. Um, so if you haven't been paying attention to the Sixers, which I know a bunch of my family relatives haven't been, uh, the Sixers stand 38 and 19 record, which is number four in the league. They're third in the East. They're three games behind out of Boston for first place. Um, in their last 10 games, they're seven and three with a four game winning streak. And honestly, like at this point, if you told me that like they had a top five record in the league, and James Harden is leading the league in assists with 10.8 assists per game. And Joel Embiid is keeping up his monster season on a bad toe. Like, I just, I'd be like, oh, we're in a really good spot. And we both listened to the Philly special, the Ringers Philly special. And Chris Ryan has made this point that like, it's been a very quiet season from like just a drama perspective. Um, Whereas the last few seasons, it's been the Ben Simmons drama, the James Harden. Uh, there was the James Harden report on Christmas Day that he wants to go back to Houston. And, but like the last few years, there are the burner accounts with the Colangelos and all this type of stuff. It's been quiet. And other than like us getting mad that Matisse Thibel isn't being used, this team has just been quietly building its resume, which I've been very impressed about. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm actually excited. And I think, I think now, of course, by the time playoffs roll around, anything can happen. But I'm very confident that, like, they can match up against Milwaukee in a playoff series potentially in the second round. I mean, Boston scares the shit out of me because, like, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, those wing spots are probably our weakness the most. But, like, that's why you bring in a guy like uh, Jalen McDaniels or Jaden McDaniels. Um, Jalen McDaniels. Jaden is on Minnesota. Jaden's yeah. his brother on, on Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. God. Um, okay. Yeah. Glad, yeah, yeah. That match tracks out. So like, I'm just, I'm feeling very confident and I'm talking myself back into like a Sixers D playoff run. I just, I need a Sixers conference finals appearance. I haven't had that in my life. And I have a feeling that Miami, they're, they're sitting at that seven seed. They're going to sneak into that six seed. We're going to have to play them in the playoffs. And it's like, Joel and B, this is another demon that you're going to have to exercise from your right. past. And like, all I want is to shut Jimmy Butler up so bad because I'm so sick and tired of hearing him say, like, they didn't want me. They didn't want me. No, Jimmy, you wanted to fucking leave. leave. Stop portraying it as, like, yeah. this, this, like, but That's what oh. he does. That's what Jimmy Butler does. He never can be the bad guy in his own story. He makes it out to be that it's everyone didn't want him. It's like, you forced your way out of every situation ever, Jimmy, to shut the fuck up. You've been – Bitter about the fact that nobody wanted you out of Marquette. And ever since then, every organization you've gone to, you poison pilled your way out of it. So don't act like the Sixers and the Sixers fans didn't want you. We wanted you to stay, but you wanted out, and then you turned the narrative around and like, they chose the buyers Harris for me. No, fuck you. You wanted to go to Miami. Go fuck yourself. And I agree. We need to beat the Heat, we need, and we need to beat the Celtics together. And if we hit the Hawks in the first round somehow – there you go. Even better karma. Because I feel like that's what needs to happen for this team in the process to finally come to conclusion. And I feel like until that shit happens, we can't get it done. You know what I mean? Like, we can't overcome those. Like, those are, like, hurdles that this 
the Sixers ever needs to overcome, and the Celtics have always been one of them. And now because of what happened with the Heat, I think they're another one as well. No, absolutely. And I think if there's one thing that I'm looking for more in this team is those moments of killer instinct of like Joel Embiid just saying, I'm going to go out here and prove that I'm the best guy on the floor. He always does that when it's like a national game on ESPN or it's like that game against Denver uh, just a few weeks ago. And he puts up 47 against Nikola Jokic. Um, He's a guy that's always tapped into the social media and the Internet and stuff like that. So, you know, he's coming in and saying, I'm about to put my name on the top of this MVP ballot or the MVP race. And no one can deny that I didn't school his ass this game. And I wish that I understand the like 82 games. It's tough to get into that type of level of intensity day in and day out. But now that you're guaranteed with the playoffs, it's time to show that it's time to show Mm -hmm. that you care about each and every single game, because that's going to carry over to the playoffs. And I would love a playoff run where we smack the shit out of Atlanta. We smack the shit out of Boston and who, or smack the shit out of Atlanta, smack the shit out of whoever we play next, Boston, whatever. And then we go up against Phoenix and like KD's trying to validate this new move or like what, whoever it may be. I would just love a run like, it, like the bad boys Pistons where you have that like brief exactly. run. And it's and it's like, oh, you cannot deny that this team was the best team in the league because they ran through all these legendary teams and they said, fuck you to the establishment. That's what we're looking for. I'm looking for as a Sixers fan. That's so. No, that's what I'm saying. It's exactly what needs to happen. Is they, It's like you have to the, the Celtics are a must like they they I feel like because if somehow they went on to the finals and won and the Celtics got eliminated by someone else. Everybody, including Bill Simmons, all of them, be like, "Oh, well, they never had to play the Celtics, so what's it matter?" Like, well, we beat the Bucks, who beat the Celtics, so that's what matters. Like, but I feel like in order to validate anything with the Sixers, the Celtics beating the Celtics in a seven-game series is a must. And you know, and then after that, it's like, can we beat the Bucks? Yeah, I think we can. Like, because well, like. I'm sorry, like, outside of Giannis, like, I, as much as, as good as Drew is, like, I'm, Chris Middleton just doesn't scare me that much. He can be kept in check. And I think together, like, if Harden plays the way he does on the nights where he's a prime facilitator, he's like, all right, I'm going to get, like, 15 to 20, but I'm going to care more about distributing the ball, grabbing, like, seven offensive rebounds, having, like, 10 assists and, like, 18 points, and letting Joel eat and letting everybody else, like, get their shots off. That's when we're at our best. Like we were against the Cavaliers before the break. Mm-hmm. Like you said, though, the thing that sisters need the most is that FU mentality. Like Joel has that, but I feel like he only has it when people like go a couple of weeks of disrespecting him. And I just like a lot of the other people. Like I think that's why they signed PJ Tucker, but I don't know if he's given that to the rest of the team yet. You know what I mean? Breaking news, breaking news from Woj. Uh, the Hawks are dismissing head coach Nate McMillan. That's not a surprise. I, I'm surprised it took this long, if anything. I was going to say, I'm surprised more so at the timing of that more than anything. Like, Where do they stand right now? So I just pulled up the NBA standings. The Hawks are sitting at number eight. They're 29 and 30 uh, total. They're, they've lost their last two, and they're four and six in their last ten. And they they start the season this Friday against Cleveland. They go Cleveland. They host Cleveland, host Brooklyn, host Washington, um, 
host Dallas, and then they go to Chicago, to Washington, and then they host the Sixers on April 7th, and then they go to Boston. It's crazy when you say April 7th, it just seems like it's, like, so far away. And then it's just like, oh, wait, no, it's, like, right around the, like, it's like, yep. what, I can't, like, today's Fat Tuesday. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that used to mean oh, something I... back in the day to us, right? Like, in high school, that meant something. <laughs> well, it's it's weird. It's weird, like, when we're recording this, is my 21st birthday, and it's like, it feels like, it just, it feels like this is, like, the top of the hill when it comes to birthday excitement. I texted you this. And then, like, every other birthday now is just like, oh, you're not young anymore. You're not young anymore. You're not young anymore. And then it's just, like, downhill from there. Right. So you... But I told you exactly how to get – there's there's ways to look around that. And it'll – like I said, your 20s are, like, whole other weird, like – it's its own life cycle. And it's – and, like, my 20s alone, like – from 21 to the, the 29 like alone like it felt like it it was two lives inside of the other <laughs> you know 20 plus years of my life so it's like a it's like a rock band like like if they have this one era of music and it's like this is the music this is the music when they were going through some weird stuff like the beatles doing like psychedelics like we like the Beatles and the other stuff, but like there was just this weird moment in time where it was like, okay, we're doing Sergeant Pemper's Lonely Heart Club. That's okay, I guess. It's just a different feeling because it's like you're like kind of an adult, but also still a little immature. But you have money because you're like you're working, but you still have your weekends where unless like you accidentally like like either not accidentally, either you decide to, you know, get married young or you have a kid young, whether you plan to or not, like you basically have like three days a week or like two and a half days a week and sometimes three and then holidays and vacations to just be a little shithead again where mm-hmm. there's like no care in the world where it's just like by like six o'clock on Friday, it's like, cool, what are we doing? And then every so often it's like, the boys have a half day today. Like, let's go. Like, and then you basically spend like anywhere between like 50, 50, I don't know, 54 to 72 hours. A, like over a weekend is you know being a college kid again but you have money yeah to fund it it's just like yeah it's a weird it's a weird era but um anyway like to kind of wrap up with the sixers i mean i'm i'm feeling pretty confident i think that they can go east conference finals i think that they can get to the conference finals oh i i i agree it's just like they um I was feeling so much more confident about this like three weeks ago. And then like they blew a couple games and it's just like my biggest fear is still doc. Mm. It's just doc. That is my biggest fear. But like if Harden keeps playing this way where it's like he realizes he's not the alpha dog, that MB shows up and can stay healthy, that Maxi, they figure out the Maxi Milton roles, that Tobias continues to be like a really good, like, third slash fourth cog where some games we need 25 out of them some games we only need 15 and that we can play this 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 style of play where the defense can just lock it down and we can boat race teams out of it that's the thing that Cavaliers game is a perfect example that first half we destroyed them and then we just get lazy and let teams back in it but if they can keep that mentality of the first half going for four series in the playoffs 
There's no way that they can't win. A, they're, they're, it's, it's very easy for them to win a, 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 win a uh, championship. You know what I mean? But it's about having that FU mentality. And that's apparently the whole reason they signed P.J. Tucker. And I think hopefully he gets them there. And hopefully Embiid can, like, because Embiid has it. I just don't know if he knows how to translate that for the rest of the team. Yeah, or just bring it out on a consistent basis when you're facing a shitty team like a Charlotte or a Detroit. Like, right. Um, so the Sixers second half schedule is Memphis, host Memphis, host Boston, host Miami. Then they go to Miami, to Dallas, to Milwaukee, to Indiana, to Minnesota. And then they come home for Portland, home for Washington. Then they go to Cleveland and that takes them through the halfway point of March, basically. Um, okay. So though that that is a that is a gauntlet right there. I mean, we talked about like it's tough. Some people, it's going to be a tough schedule. It's going to be a very tough schedule, especially that back to back against Miami. Whatever, if I am the Sixers front office, I am locking every single player into their hotel rooms when they go to Miami. I <laughs> like <laughs> they're we're not. Stephen A. Smith offers you an invite. We're burning it. We're throwing it in an incinerator. You don't see it. Like, this is like the military. Like, we're not letting you out. I agree. That's how they should handle it. I agree. So, and people may, you know, uh, people may, like, dismiss uh, Indiana or Minnesota or Portland. I mean, Indiana is a tough young team. Halliburton's got this charisma. They're they're a year or two away, though, I think. But they're still scrappy. Yeah, as long as they can keep what's-his-name there. They were a year or two away. And Minnesota, Minnesota's kind of getting their footing more and more. I mean, granted, it's basically without Carl Anthony Towns for a large portion of it. But, like, Edwards is still looking like a star. And I think he's finally slowly getting acclimated to playing with Rudy Gobert because I think he just realized, fuck it, this guy's ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Might as well use him for something. Um, and then Portland. Like, Portland's still a versatile team that can has a lot of length and – with its energy can catch you by surprise on certain nights. And it's, it's funny because you've seen how quickly Thibault's adapted to it, that, like what it's like when he gets Dude. playing time. Oh my God. Don't I'm just happy. For, I, that's all I, I'm happy you know for what? I'm just I'm, happy for him. I'm happy for him. And I'm especially happy that it's a city and a team like Portland, like that. They, they their fans are just as big as diehards as any Philly sports team. Like Dole, exactly. Dolan Brayton, and Dole, like you know, he's from that area ish. Well, obviously, he's from Australia, but playing he played in Washington. And yeah, like, yeah, so playing, like, he's from the Pacific, playing in the Pacific Northwest. He's familiar with it and all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, happy for him. Um, so yeah, that's a long winded Sixers talk. Um, all right, last thing we'll do Philly spring training a little bit here. So, I mean, I'm when does Andrew Painter get called? Or do you want to do that or college college basketball? Mm. Just Philly spring training. Just yeah. get it, and then we'll have a bigger college basketball talk. Yeah, yeah, that works. Um, Philly spring training. I mean, the only question on my mind, at Bryce Harper, for anyone who hasn't been paying attention, he's not scheduled to come back. He's not scheduled to start swinging until March. And then even then, he's not expected to come back to the lineup until roughly the all-star break. So that is a long time window obviously um that you're not you don't have an mvp candidate and Mm -hmm. so they they're 
playing they're starting and trying to get Derek Hall at first base and the outfield just to see if he can offer some versatility I mean honestly the biggest concern for me is like pitching like how one of the the new news yesterday was Sosa what about Sosa center field oh my god oh uh, yeah this is where they're trying to get him involved more apparently I mean I just don't get like I said this. I think I said this after they signed Trey. Like, do we not have any other prospects that we can? That, that, that's the thing that worries me. I I don't think so because we like basically traded them all away. I think. And um, everything else is pitching essentially. Basically, like, and I said this when they signed Trey Turner. Take Turner at or not take Turner. Put Hoskins in DH. Have Schwarber or Bohm move to first. And then have Sosa start third. Oh, sorry. So, take, so put Hoskins in DH. Take him off first. All right. Since well, I Turner's, want Hoskins gone, but yes, we have to keep him. Yes, take Hoskins at <laughs> DH. Put Schwarber put, okay, so, Boehm at first. Put Bohm at put. Let's say use Bohm as an example. We won't touch the outfield. Put Bohm at first, and then put Sosa in at third. I think that's pretty reasonable. No. No, I, I, that can definitely work because I also – but here's the thing, too. Boehm has progressed tremendously at third base. So you might not want to mess with him and just move. That's why I'm thinking maybe they're saying put Schwarber at first or Schwarber at DH, but even though I think Hoskins is the bigger liability, put one of them at first, and then you move Sosa to left or center or Marsh to center, left or I, – I don't – you know what I mean? Like – yeah, you can shuffle around. Again, the I think having both of ways. them in there is kind of a defensive it, or an offensive liability unless March finally gets it going. But then again, the guy that we traded from the White Sox apparently still hasn't reported yet because he's got visa usage. How every year do we have one player that has visa issues? <laughs> I like what the like. Why do you not have your shit together? I don't want if you know. Hey, I got to be at spring training by the twenty second. Let me make sure that all my shit – I just don't get it. I don't think – Every that the, year I, there's one person, and it, it fucked up Ranger last year, screwed up Sir, Sir Anthony a year or two ago. Like, get your shit together. So, yeah. I, I just – like, like That's why you have Trey Turner. Like, So, you're, you're going to have him at short, obviously. You're going to move – I guess what's his name is just going to be at second full time now. Um, um, why, why can't I? How am God I not? Damn it! Why can't I get? I can't think of his name. Bryson Stodd. Thank you. Jesus, that, that was sad. bad on both our. That's bad on both our parts. Then that again, is so can't sad. Turner, can't Turner play third? I mean, probably. I can't. I can't see why not. Because. You have boom at third, so why would you need? Yeah, Stott's fine at second. Okay, so you have that going right. So that 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 that's a already like a defensively. As long as Hopkins doesn't keep dropping balls, but then like it also was better. Like as much as I loved, like it's a more consistent bat and Turner. Hopefully Stott progresses in the second year. Hopefully, boom is can continues that like what he was because even though the Phillies won't admit it, 
he was our best player for a two-month stretch last year. He really was, but the Phillies continued to try to tell everyone it was Hoskins that carried him while Harper was out. It wasn't. It was Alex Boom. So we have them. And then in the outfield, obviously, like, Schwarber's going to be Schwarber. Like I said, hopefully Marsh becomes his – like, hopefully he can be, a, like, a 270 hitter at best. I think Marsh is, I think Marsh is going to have a really good offensive year now that he's in – it's like the Don I compare it to the Donovan Mitchell trade to Cleveland that like now that he's in a contending situation, I think he's gonna be more energized. And he we even saw in the playoffs, he came up clutch mm-hmm. during huge moments. And I think he was the last person that anyone would have guessed would have came up clutch. Schwarber has to figure out his fucking swing this year because of how bad that so does Cassianos. Cassianos Ca- is the next one. Cassianos, too. Um but I think like I think Stott will be fine because I think he got some huge rookie moments and he's he I think it's so important that a, a rookie gets to a championship game in their first season because like you want to get back to that. And I think mm-hmm. there there are veterans around to say, hey, it's not like this all the time. Like you got to keep putting in your dues. It's not easy to get here. So uh, the then big it question becomes is, about the starting the starting pitching, basically. Yeah. So the question is, do you call up Andrew Painter this year? So the word I've read, anyone has written or read, is that by late July, early August, one of the guys is going to be up there, whether it's Abel Painter or um, Griff McGarry or whatever his name is. It's probably going to be Painter, is from all, from everything uh, you, you read. So it all depends. So like right now it's it's Wheeler, Nola, it's Ranger, it's Tejon Walker, and some it's probably Wheeler. Nola, I think you throw a Ranger third. They kind of had that left-handed curveball in there, and then Tejon fourth. And then number five, it's you know, they're gonna I think it's gonna be a battle out of spring training to see who takes it to takes it over, you know. Um I'd be surprised if they broke camp with Painter in the role, but it's not unheard of. Like, think about Felix Hernandez. He was the, you know, granted, those Mariners teams were dog shit, but he was still phenomenal, and he was their ace at, like, 20 years old. You know, like, you know, God rest his soul, but look at um, Fernandez on the Marlins before he passed away, how young he was, like. And like, look at, and even right now they have Sandy Alcantara down there. Who's, you know, so it's just, it can be done. I just don't want them to rush him. Mm-hmm. The idea that they like, like, because they just think, you know, like only do it if he proves he's ready instead of putting him in a bad situation and fuck up his development. So also I speaking of the Marlins, did you realize they traded their, who was their supposed to be their star, like outfielder? And JJ Bleday a couple weeks ago. No, no, I've either just just saw it. <laughs> didn't they traded him for bro? The Marlins, the Marlins, you just they're gotta so they're, bad. They're, they're, they're so yeah. bad. They gave up on them like that and traded them for a washed up prospect and AJ Puck to the A's. And now watch the A's turn Bleday into a legitimate like two way star, and then they'll just they'll re replenish. <laughs> replenish the farm system again in two years yeah exactly um i think it's gonna i think the painter thing his timing is really gonna come down to like 
what is the Philly start going to be like 30 to 40 ish games into the season without Bryce? Like if, if painters dominating the minor leagues and you're sitting at like 500 or something, if you're the Phillies, you got to call them up soon. Cause I don't think that you can allow this NL East title race to get out of control. Like sure. The Mets are the Mets. They're going to fuck up. It's going to happen at some point, but I mean, the Braves are still the Braves. They're going to have Albies and Acuna jr. Presumably like fully healthy um, for the season. And the Nationals, the Marlins, like even though the Marlins still have a bunch of young talent, it seems the like Marlins they always give us give problems. The Marlins they, oh, always, they always give, give us problems, no problem. But the Nationals have essentially went back in the rebuild mode. But still, exactly. the Braves and the Mets are too legit. Like, yes, to just expand the playoffs. But I agree. Like, you can't, you you don't want to be the sixth seed and have to play everything on the road again. Like, it'd be nice he, to have home field advantage. And only one team can win that NL West division race. So it's going to be the Dodgers or the Padres. So how large is that gap going to be between that, those wildcard spots, depending on how well and the Padres do. do the Giants, do the Giants bounce back again? The Rockies are due for one of those random playoff years. So they have like every five seasons, they haven't made it since 2019, maybe. So they're, they're almost due. Like they every exactly. every five years the Rockies just randomly are like we're good, <laughs> like for like, and a, then they for sign like a year and a half, and then and then they just give up on talent. So and then they sign Chris Bryant, and it's like oh cool, okay, that's fun. But they um, like think about it, they had like all that talent, all that pitching talent. I think some of it's still there, if I believe. So that's another one you could actually look for. Like I know they let go of one of them, but if I'm not mistaken, I think Jermaine Marquez is there they've been looking to get rid of him for god knows how long so he's another one that you could possibly look at that to acquire mid-season um i don't know if they finally gave up on kyle freeland or not but nope he's still there like there's still some guys you could like take off of them also here's another thing that i keep forgetting about the world baseball classic is happening again this year oh yeah so that is a thing how does happening. that affect Please, like, like, if we have anybody going because I don't think USA has announced a roster announced a roster yet. No. That said, that could really affect a lot of things. So, it's going to cause the season to start a little bit later. Uh, okay. There's always injuries. Knock on wood, but unfortunately, there could be a team or two that gets a gets derailed because a player decided to go play there. So here, here also, are the players. I wish the World here, Baseball here, Classic got a little bit more love. Like, uh, I think here, are, here are the World Baseball Classic players from the Phillies. Uh, as, as of this article is written in CBS Philadelphia as of February 9th by Tim Doherty. Uh, Gregory Soto is playing for the Dominican Republic. Uh, Ranger Suarez and Jose Alvarado are playing for Venezuela. Uh, Tyon Walker is playing for Mex- Mexico. Uh Garrett Stubbs is playing for Israel. Did not know that. Um, a few well, minor league players. Anybody that has half Jewish. That's simply how they patch together their team. Like, not to be funny. I'm not trying to be an asshole. No, I know, no, no, no. Their team is that's, basically like, if you have a Jewish parent, they'll take you. That's fair. Um, JT, Romito, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner are all playing. Um, and Bryce Harper was going to play, but surgery, obviously. Wait, they're all playing uh, for the U.S.? 
Yeah. Down, like in the mind, it, it's just bad. Like, like, like we don't have any position players down in the minors. Like, yeah, it's great to have all those fucking pitchers, but the fact that we don't have like a power hitting outfielder or a shortstop or any of that stuff, like it's not good. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, that's an early Phillies preview. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll do a March Madness uh, preview closer to March Madness specifically. Uh, so, yeah, thank you all for tuning in, and we will catch you in the next episode. To help the show out, please uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. That helps mm-hmm. us out and pushes us to more people. Um, so please do that if you want to uh, see more show content. Check out our YouTube channel. Where we're posting clips and stuff like that. Uh, follow us on social media so that you can kind of catch up on shorter clips in case you don't want to watch, listen, or hear any of our dumb takes sometimes uh, for the full hour. We get it. Uh, so that's that's it for me and Timmy. Uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.